Hello and welcome to Troy Does the Games Pyeongchang, your daily-ish update about the 2018 Winter Olympics going on in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Today I recap all the action from February 21st and look ahead to the day's events on February 22nd. Oh, it was a good day, it was a good day, it was a very good day if you're American, and especially if you're me. Oh my gosh, it was such, oh, last night was like the best night of the Olympics for me. I can't even begin, well, I'm going to begin to talk about it because that's what I'm doing here. Oh God, where, okay, here's where I start. Let's flashback a few days ago on this very podcast during the listener segment. I was asked a question. I was asked if I could give an Olympic medal to anybody in this Olympics, who would it be? Let, let's listen to what I said. Until recently, the answer to that was going to be undoubtedly Lindsay Jacobellis. But I have a new answer. It's still an American, but this time it's a cross-country skier. And my answer is none other than Jessica Diggins. That girl has been a workhorse. She is a dynamo. So far, she has gotten fifth place in the 15-kilometer skiathlon. She's gotten sixth place in the sprint. And she just got another fifth place in the 15K individual. She was just three seconds off of the podium in that one. So a fifth, a sixth, and a fifth at this Olympics, and no hardware so far, right? I mean, she is just throwing it all out there. She's having an awesome Olympics, and I just really want to see her on a podium. Um, she's earned it. She's clearly put in the work. She's earned it. Okay, got that? Got it? Okay, now let's listen to what I said yesterday. cross-country skiing, you are rewarded for having listened this far. Let me tell you, that is going to be one of the most exciting competitions. Norway, obviously, really, really top team, especially in the men's. Uh, you've got Klaibo and who is oh Sunby uh, Klaibo and Sunby for Norway uh, they've got to be the odds on favorite I think and in the ladies competition Merit Bjergen's going to go out for Norway uh, she's always strong but I think I think I think the U.S. can get a medal here I really do think Jesse Diggins and Keegan Randall in a freestyle team sprint competition can get up there for a silver or a bronze medal maybe even a gold maybe even Oh, dare to dream, dare to dream. Come on, Jesse Diggins, get yourself a medal. Well, in the men's competition, Norway did win handily. Klaibo and Sunby easily took away the gold. But in the women's competition, it was much, much closer. And in the final lap, the three leaders were Norway, Sweden, and the United States. And as they came down the final hill into the stadium for the last 100-meter sprint of the competition, any of them, any of them could have won any of the three medals. And uh, Jessica Diggins had to really kick to try and beat out Stina Nielsen, the current reigning gold medal sprint champion, Sweden's Stina Nielsen. And what happened? Well, Jessica Diggins and Keegan Randall, they did go get themselves a medal. And oh, it was something special. Let's listen to the call from Al Troutwig and screaming Chad Salmela. 
So close for the U.S. on so many occasions. Now moving up on the inside They're in the second place. They're all completely gassed. They've given it everything on the global bucket. It's Dean Nelson leading Jesse Diggins into the final turn. Can Diggins answer? As the roars rattle around the cross-country stadium in Pyeongchang, Sweden, the U.S. and Norway coming to the line. Here comes Diggins! On Here the outside, Diggins making the play around Sweden. Jesse yes! Diggins yes! to the line! Yes! And it is yes! Jesse Diggins no! delivering a landmark no! moment that will be etched in U.S. Olympic history. The first ever cross-country gold medal for the U.S. Oh, what a call. What a result. I was like, I was screaming on the inside, but I live in a condo, so I can't scream on the outside. It was three o'clock in the morning and I'm like jumping up and down in my bed watching this. Oh my gosh. I mean, come on. On, can you ask for anything more? This is what the Olympics does to me, right? I don't even know these women, right? I don't know them, but God, I have been cheering for them. I mean, Keegan Randall, this is like her fifth Olympics. She basically started the women's cross-country team for the U.S. Like, we didn't even have a team. She just had to travel around with the, with the men. Uh, and then she has a kid a year, two years ago. And so she's a mom and comes back and wins an Olympic gold medal. The two of them together were just remarkable. They skated, uh, skied a perfect race, and they got a gold medal. I cannot wait to see the... Uh, the anthem and the podium ceremony to see them get their medals. I also cannot wait for them to go on the whole talk show circuit. America is going to love them. They are smiley and bubbly. Their pre-race ritual is to do face paint on each other. They put USA on one side where the S is a lightning bolt, and they do the stars on the other side, on the other cheek, and then they cover themselves in glitter. I mean, they are just made to be American darlings. Move over, Chloe Kim. Jessica Diggins and Keegan Randall are ready for their moment. They have earned it. They've worked their butts off. And uh, there is no better time to peak than at the Olympics. Oh, it was an exciting day. I am so happy for them as a Team USA fan, as a cross-country and obscure sport fan, and as someone who's been rooting for Jesse basically since the start of this Olympics. This was an ultimate validation. They become the first American gold medalist in cross-country skiing. They get the first ever medal in women's cross-country skiing for the United States. They get the first cross-country skiing medal of any type in over 40 years for the U.S. And they become only the second non-Europeans to win an Olympic cross-country race. I mean, just absolutely crushing through the history books on this one and an exciting race to boot. Just everything lined up perfectly. Oh, God, I love it. I love it. I hope we get more like that. It was a good day for America. It was a good day for American women in particular. A lot of things get went, went well for the U.S. I'm going to talk about the other results for the American women. But uh, let me share the other big news of the day for me in obscure sports land, and that's the other most exciting moment of my night. The U.S. men's curling team backs against the wall, had to win out in order to make it to the 14 playoff of the curling tournament, and they do. They beat out Great Britain. 
and secure their third seed into the playoffs, which happen on later tonight. It sends Great Britain into a playoff for that last fourth spot in the semifinals. But what does that mean? That means that John Schuster and his whole squad are going to be playing for an Olympic medal. They got two games, and if they can just win one of them, they will be guaranteed an Olympic medal. And if they can win this first one, oh, they'll be in the gold medal match, and they'd be so exciting. Now, they got to beat Canada. That's their opponent in the semifinal here, and that is not an easy match. You saw the U.S. beat Canada's men for the first time ever in Olympic history during the round-robin phase, but... It kind of took everything these guys had to do it. So uh, it, it is still an uphill battle to win a gold medal, but it's possible. But it's possible. And, oh, man, that's all I can talk about. Uh, we got a little disappointment on the women's side. It was so close. The U.S. women's curling team were so close to getting into a tiebreaker for the semifinals. Japan lost, which is what they needed to happen. All they had to do was close out against Sweden, who was one of the top teams in the tournament, and they just couldn't do it. It, it seemed like it was close. It, it, it was close for much of the match, but the U.S. just made a few too many small mistakes, and it, it just seemed there were, there were more shots in that game where they looked at each other confused about how something curled or the weight of it, where they seemed surprised, and they just really were never able to learn the ice, really get to know that sheet very well. That That's my assessment of it. But just a few too many small mistakes, and the American women did lose. They, they are eliminated. They're not in the semifinal. That, that would have just been the cherry on top had they made it through. But the men did. And so we've still got hopes alive for a U.S. curling medal. And uh, that's going to play out a little bit later tonight. And we'll talk about it when we preview the day's events. Also, big news for Team America, Lindsey Vaughn got a bronze medal in the women's downhill. I know she was touted as a, a gold medal favorite or a potential to win a gold medal because she had had so many good runs on the circuit coming into the Olympics. But, you know, she's not the Lindsey Vaughn from 2010, right? I mean, part of the reason she's retiring after these Olympics is her body and her injuries are, are just not able to sustain the rigor of these downhill courses over time. And it, it, it catches up with you eventually. So to come away with any medal, to come away with any medal at her age, and I hate to use the phrase at her age, but she does become the oldest alpine medalist in any, any alpine discipline, male or female. So that, that should tell you something, her staying power, her resilience. Lindsey Vaughn missed out on the Sochi Olympics because of injuries, and she came back four years later and got herself a medal, a bronze in the women's downhill. So a good end to the downhill story of Lindsey Vaughn. She still got another chance at a gold medal. We've got the combined event coming up where Lindsey and Michaela Schifrin are going to be competing. Michaela sat out the downhill so that she could really focus on the combined where she has a really good medal chance and depending on uh, how the slalom goes for Lindsay she might have a chance at a minor medal as well oh man what else do we got other women doing amazing things for team usa in speed skating in the team pursuit which i totally dogged yesterday and i said it's a ridiculous event it is it is a ridiculous event but it, like I said, it's good for TV. It's the only good use of split screen you ever see in the Olympics. But uh, Team USA had their semifinals uh, head-to-head against the Netherlands. 
and and they lost. Um, but that was kind of to be expected. And actually, the U.S. kind of threw that match. Uh, they did not put out their fastest skaters. And they just kind of took it kind of easy because they knew they were going to lose. And the focus was to come away with a medal. So the best thing they could do was conserve their energy for a bronze medal match, which is exactly what happened. They they skated for a bronze medal against Canada, got out to a massive, massive lead, and ended up winning. They got the bronze medal, the first women's speed skating medal in like 16 years. I mean, it's been a while. The women have been blanked. I mean, the U.S. team has been struggling in long track speed skating, men and women. But the women in particular, for I think the last four Olympics, have been blanked. So they finally get a medal. Uh, particularly excited for Brittany Bow, who has had a good Olympics otherwise. Also, Heather Bergsma, who's been right up there. They, they, uh, they did it right tactically. Now, had that race been one lap longer, the U.S. would have lost. They totally lost all their steam in that last lap. You could tell they had no legs at the end. In fact, they almost fell over coming around the final corner. And basically, it was just sheer will and muscle memory that got them over the line just barely ahead of the Canadians to get that bronze medal. But it's still an amazing accomplishment. And even more women doing well for Team USA in the bobsled, the U.S. squad got a silver medal. Another silver medal for bobsled pilot Elena Myers-Taylor. She was coming out hopefully going for the gold. She has, she's, she has been a medalist, I think, at the last two Olympics in the women's bobsled. Clearly an incredible, incredible athlete. Uh, but she ran into a very strong German pilot. Germany does take the gold medal. The U.S. gets the silver medal. And the bronze medal goes to Canada. The other interesting story in the women's bobsled, though, was Team GB, Team Great Britain. They got eighth place. Micah McNeil and Micah Moore got eighth place, which was the highest ever placement for a women's British bobsled team at the Olympics. And this happened six months after their national federation pulled funding for their team. So six months before the Olympics, British bobsled just basically said, oh yeah, you are our only women's team. Oh yeah, we don't have enough money due to uh, misappropriation and overdraft. So we're going to have to cut a team and we're going to cut you. We're, we're going to keep the three men's teams, the, the two-man team and the two four-man teams, because we think that they are medal contention. We think they have a chance at a medal. But you guys, you're just not good enough, so we're going to cut your funding. And so the, these two ladies had to go out and crowdfund the cost to prepare for and compete in the Winter Olympics, and they get the best ever finish for Team GB. I think the highest placing men's team for Team GB and bobsled so far has been ninth. Uh, these women got eighth. And uh, in the preliminary heats for the four-man, where the other two uh, uh, Team GB sleds are going, uh, I think the best the best placement so far has been 10th or 11th. Uh, so I think uh, they're 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 giving a little bit of a sign to the to the people back home, saying that's what you get for doubting us. No, was it a medal? No, but was it a remarkable performance given the adversity and uh, and able to show up the powers that be for making some I think not great decisions? Yeah, and I'm always excited about that. 
Ah, so it was a good day. It was a fun day. We had uh, multiple medals for the United States. We had some good results for the United States. Not everything went as planned. I mentioned women's curling. We also lost in men's hockey. We lost in a, a shootout to the Czech Republic. And this is a team that beat Canada in a shootout, uh, the Czech Republic, that is. Once we got to the shootout, I knew our odds were not good, partially because the U.S., while it has gelled well and it has had good energy, it has not had closing ability. It has not had the ability to put the puck in the net. And when it comes to a shootout, uh, the only thing that matters is putting the puck in the net. And the Czech Republic did once in their five attempts, and the U.S. did zero times. We couldn't even score once in the shootout. So we go out in the quarterfinals. Our chances at a medal in men's hockey are kaput. But I honestly kind of could have told you that was going to happen once the NHL wasn't allowing their players to come. I mean, once again, I blame Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL and the owners for being greedy and not allowing our players to play. And Canada also had a very, very tough game. They ended up winning uh, against Finland one to zero, but it was not an easy game. And I don't know that Canada is necessarily going to get a medal. So if the U S and Canada come away from these Olympics with no medals, I think you've got to put that squarely at the feet of the NHL. And I got to imagine that the uproar is going to be loud enough that come the Beijing Olympics in 2022, we're going to get our NHL players back. Uh, also in the quarterfinals, the other results, so Czech Republic beats out the United States, Canada beats out Finland, uh, OAR, the Olympic athletes from Russia beat out Norway 6-1, to that <laughs> was not even close, clearly I think Russia is going to run away with the gold unless Canada finds a way to stop them, but the surprise in the quarterfinal was Germany edges out Sweden 4-3, to Again, without the NHL players, this whole tournament is topsy-turvy and it's kind of hard to predict. I think if you had the top players in the world, Sweden would do much better and would find themselves in the semifinals. Also in women's hockey, we did get the bronze medal match. Finland beat out Olympic athletes from Russia 3-2. to But the match of the day coming up is the U.S. versus Canada in women's ice hockey. I've talked about it many times, so I'm not going to talk about it too much more other than to say you got to watch it. It's going to be awesome and exciting. It's on at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. The gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada. Canada has won the last three, last no, the last four gold medals in women's hockey the last two of which they beat out the United States. We just we got to get it back. Come on, it's been such a good day for American women. Let's make it one more day. Oh, all right, what else happened yesterday? God, I'm just like so sucked into all the great things that happened for the US. I'm sure there are other countries who had good days, right? Oh, well, there's kind of that ladies figure skating thing, right? Yeah, Russia had a good day there, to say the least. Uh, the U.S. also had a pretty decent day, but they're just they're just not going to be competitive in this field. We had the short program for the ladies figure skating competition. And Evgenia Medvedeva from Olympic athletes from Russia came out and set a new world record for the short program. 81.61 breaks the world record highest ever in history and then her country woman comes out and beats her Alina Zagatova the 15 year old the uh the the princess in waiting if you ask me 
is scored in 82.92, broke the world record that was about five minutes old or six minutes old. And, and that's got to be, both of them had great performances. I'm, I'm not going to say that. They are clearly the class of the field. Now, I think Caitlin Osmond from Canada, who's in third place, her score should have been closer to theirs because she also had a great performance and had, I think, the same technical uh, the, it was in the same range technically and better than them in some ways artistically. But again, figure skating is a political thing. And the judges kind of look at your past track record to determine what things they're going to ding you on and what things they're really going to focus in on. And they also, I think, really look at the horse race. And in this instance, for the last three years leading up to the Olympics, it has been almost a coronation in waiting for Evgenia Medvedeva to be the queen of the Olympics. And then this little princess Zagatova shows up and beats her at the European World Ch or the European Championships. And if the Olympics likes one thing in figure skating, they like the little princess girl, right? We saw it with the Russian girl in 2014, who I think unfairly beat out Yuna Kim for the gold medal. We saw it with Tara Lipinski in 1998, who beat out Michelle Kwan for the gold medal. We saw it with Oksana Bayul in 1994, who beat out Nancy Kerrigan for the gold medal. They love to give these little upstart teenagers who look like just little light princesses on ice the gold medal. And I'm not saying they don't earn it. I'm not saying Tara or Oksana are not deserving champions. They are. But there is definitely a bias for those younger, younger, younger girls. And Medvedeva is only like 18. But she's seen as old news at this point. So I <laughs> I think obviously a mistake in the long program will cost either of them the gold medal. But I think if both of them skate clean or both of them skate comparably, they're going to give it to Zagatova for political reasons. And that's going to bother me. It's just going to bother me to no end. Now, if they both somehow find a way to mess up, there's the potential that Caitlin Osmond could squeak into the top of that podium. But I haven't seen anything that would indicate that that's possible. So Caitlin Osman seems like she's in a good spot for the bronze medal. Just behind her, though, are two Japanese skaters, Miyahara and Sakamoto. Both of them skated very cleanly and very well. Carolina Costner after them in sixth place. She had a couple of bobbles, a couple of troubles. If she'd have skated as cleanly as she did during the team event, I think she would definitely be in contention for the bronze medal. I think she's going to need some help to get there in, uh, in the long program or in the free skate. On the American end, I think I've got to give particular kudos to Brady Tunnell. She was the very, very first skater in the entire competition. There were 29 ladies who went out there after her. She had to go first, and she did just fine. She, she did fall on her triple-triple combination, but she landed it and then fell. So she got the points for completing it, but then got the deduction and the grade of execution mark uh, went down for falling. But everything else was really good and really clean. And uh, up until, what, about the 18th, maybe 20th person, 19th person? All the way through, she held the lead. Um, the reason she had to skate first is that she's relatively new to the senior circuit and does not have the ranking 
coming in to give her the later skate time. And then within her grouping, she just got unlucky and, and had to go first. She scored a 64.01, and she's just behind Karen Chen, who was just behind Mariah Nagasu. Now, Mariah, the big story there was, could she land the triple axel cleanly? She did so in the team event. In this instance, she didn't. She actually over-rotated and fell out. I don't think she actually fell down, but she fell out of it on the landing. Oh, maybe she did fall down. I know she. I know she had some struggles, and uh, but but the rest of again the rest of the program for her was really clean, and she gets a lot of points for just trying the triple. As Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir are apt to tell you, falling on a triple is often worth more than perfectly executing a double, which. Probably is a problem if you ask me with the figure skating scoring system, right? We shouldn't incentivize a system where everyone just goes out and falls and falls and falls and falls. But I do think we want to incentivize people pushing the barrier. So I, I do like that to some extent. But Mariah struggles with her triple axel in the short program. We'll see if she can make it happen in the free skate and uh, how the rest of the jumps go for the Americans. They are in ninth, 10th, and 11th, respectively, with a very nice skate from Choi Dabin from Korea above them, as well as Gabby Dalman, who I thought was so good in the team event in her free skate. So we'll see what, what she might be able to do, but I think she's too far out. Uh, this is Gabby Dillman from Canada, too far out to vie for a medal. So we've got the women's, the ladies free skate coming up, and we'll decide which of those Russians most likely is going to get the gold medal. The other action of the day, most of which I didn't watch too much of, the men's ski cross, the uh, BMX style race down uh, where they got four skiers going down the mountain. The Canadian Brady LeMond won the gold medal. This is after falling in the finals at a previous Olympics. So that was nice of him. Uh, a good result for him. The Swissman Mark Bischofberger got the silver medal. And the bronze went to Sergei Ridzik of Olympic athletes from Russia. He actually had a really bad crash with the other Canadian in the final and had to get up and kind of fight his way up over a hill in order to get down there for a bronze medal. So he did earn it. The Canadian, the other Canadian in that had a really bad crash. I think probably broke his ankle or something. And that's part of why I didn't watch much of the men's ski cross. There were so many injuries. Like, it's an amazing course. It's so good for TV. It's fast. It's long. It gives opportunities for people to come back and take the lead. But there were a lot of falls. There were a lot of falls and injuries, like properly stop and bring out the like rescue snowmobile and get them on a stretcher and everything. And I have to imagine before the next Olympics, they're going to have to find some ways to make it safer because a lot of people breaking ankles and legs. And after a while, I just can't watch that anymore. I, I love it. Uh, I think it's great TV. But when you're getting injured that much, I, I mean, this should tell you something. When I turn off an event because there are too many injuries and I turn on hockey because it seems tamer, right? That's 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 what we're dealing with here. So uh, so the men's ski cross finals do wrap up, and uh, it's good TV. I I I do like it to some extent, but they got to tone down the injuries for me, if you ask me. We had the big air qualification for the men in snowboarding. That was a bit cooler than than the than the women's. You know, they do get some higher amplitude and can do some more tricks. They split it up into two heats, and the top six from each heat move on. 
The American Red Gerard just barely squeaked out sixth place in his heat. I think all the Americans in that heat moved on. I haven't looked at the other heat yet. Did we have any Americans in that? Um, yeah, or one American in the other heat didn't move on to the finals. But we'll get the finals for the big air. I'm not convinced on that event quite yet. This is their first time adding it to the Olympics. And we'll see how the finals go, but I'm not quite convinced. Uh, let's see anything else. I talked about the men's and the women's pursuit in speed skating. The U.S. got the bronze medal. I guess I should mention that uh, Japan got the gold medal in the ladies' pursuit, which was a bit of an upset, if you ask me. And then in the men's pursuit, Norway gets the gold medal. Definitely an upset. Norway gets the gold medal over Korea. And then Netherlands beats out New Zealand for the bronze medal. Norway getting some speed skating glory. Obviously, I, I've mentioned Johan Olaf Koss before, their, their long-distance speed skating champion from the mid-90s. So it's not unheard of for Norway to be good at speed skating, but I think all of the Netherlands has got to be terrified by that result. The idea that the Norwegians aren't just good at cross-country skiing or ski jumping, but they're also going to get good at skating? Eek. Yikes. Watch out, Amsterdam. Uh, <laughs> the Vikings are coming for you. That covers all of the action from February 21st. An awesome day, if you ask me. One of my favorite days of the Olympics so far. Let's look ahead for what we can expect today. And man, the intensity is only higher. Uh, today on the mountain and alpine skiing, we've got the men's slalom. Again, that's the, the most highly technical one where they're going between the poles, not the gates. They're, they're bouncing around between the poles, lots and lots of turns. They get two runs in order to determine the winner. They combine their time and speaking of combine we've got the ladies alpine combined starting with the downhill portion and then a slalom run the U.S. is Lindsey Vaughn and Michaela Schifrin are both competing in that, with Michaela Schifrin seen as a gold medal potential. She could get her second gold medal at this Olympics, third overall. In biathlon, we've got the women's 4 by 6 kilometer relay. I've talked about how much I love relays for the biathlon and just for any distance skiing event. Uh, this one should be hot and amazing. I'm going to give the uh, nod on this one. Oh. I guess Norway's got some chance. Germany's got some chance. Sweden's got some chance. Uh, Olympic athletes from Russia have some chance. Let's go with Sweden. Sweden's do. Sweden's do. I don't know, you know, how their third and fourth woman uh, shoot particularly, but I'm going to go with Sweden in the women's four by six kilometer biathlon relay. Uh, we've got in curling, uh, we're going to start out with the tiebreakers. So I said the U.S. was through to the semifinal in men's curling. Uh, the seeds right now, the first seed is Sweden. The second seed is Canada. The third seed is the United States. And the fourth seed is going to be decided by a tiebreaker between Switzerland and Great Britain. And so whoever wins that game gets the honor to play against Sweden in the first semifinal. The U.S. will play against Canada. That's at 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Woo, it's going to be another late night, but I'm definitely going to watch that live. Again, the U.S. just needs to win one of these next two matches to secure an Olympic medal. We've got the final runs of the men's ski half pipe. So again, the big tube, go back and forth with all the jumps. And uh, the Americans qualified really well here. The top three qualifiers were all Americans, so we've got some metal potential here. Who knows? Maybe we could even sweep. But uh, they get three runs and get to determine their uh, get to use their best score out of those three runs. 
I mentioned the gold medal match between the United States and Canada. I think that's going to be the must-watch again tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to get a gold medal given out in the uh, Large Hill 4x5-kilometer team event in Nordic Combined. So that, again, is ski jumping and cross-country skiing combined, this time as a team event. That actually could be interesting um, and worth watching. That uh, That's going to be another late-night one, uh, but I, I might check that out. Nordic Combined, uh, Large Hill, and 4x5-kilometer cross-country race. And then uh, in short track, we've got the men's 500 meters and the ladies' 1,000 meters, and then the gold medal for the men's 5,000 meters. In the, the individual events, the Koreans are favored, uh, <laughs> particularly in the ladies. And no Americans are in any of the races. And at least Christie is out of it. And I, I just don't I don't feel like I have much of a reason to, to watch those other than just general excitement and nothing else is on. Um, in the men's 5,000-meter relay, uh, that's going to be a hot mess, right? If you thought that the women's was a hot mess, the men's is going to be a hot mess as well. I guarantee at least one penalty. <laughs> we probably can't hope for two again. Oh, man, that was crazy. Uh, but I think that's the conclusion of the short track schedule coming up tonight. And then finally in snowboard, we do get the medals runs for the ladies' big air competition. So we'll see who can be the inaugural Olympic champion in ladies' big air snowboard. Boarding. And then some qualification runs for my least favorite Olympic event, Parallel Giant Slalom, for both the men's and the women's. All right, that's all the action. That's all I got to talk about for today. Oh, man, if the U.S. can win a gold medal in women's ice hockey or beat out Canada in men's curling, or even if Michaela Schifrin can come out with a gold or a silver medal in the combined, that's a good day, right? I'm going to be happy. But uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow if any of that happens. Uh, if you have any comments or thoughts or suggestions or ideas or questions about the Olympics or the podcast, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Troy Steinmetz. That's at T-R-O-Y-S-T-E-I-N-M-E-T-Z. You can also email me, TroyDoesTheGames at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening as always, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.